Pass the stuff. We're doing our dream skill player rotation for 2024. You are Locked On Wolfpack, your daily podcast on the NC State Wolfpack, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Wolfpack Nation? It's time to get locked in with Locked On. Thanks for making Locked On Wolfpack your first listen each and every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers can get $150 back in bonus bets guaranteed when you place just a $5 bet. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get started. Happy Tuesday to all. As always, I'm Grayson Boone, joined by former Wolfpack defensive tackle Kenton Gibbs. As I mentioned, we're going to dive into this skill player outlook. Disclaimer on these. These are simply just projections, maybe even less than projections. It's just a wish list type of thing. We're going to revisit this several more times as we get through spring ball throughout the summer before we finally kick this thing off. Uh, in the fall. These are just projections based on what we would like to see as far as the skill positions go uh, here in 2024. Kenton, we're going to start with the tight ends. Give me your starter and then the guy you have in your 2D. You know, tight end is such an interesting position because Justin Jolie is listed as a wide receiver. He is. The interesting thing about that is he's one inch shorter than Juice Vereen, but 20 pounds heavier. So it's it's like, hmm, what's what's really going on here? But with that being said, if he's listed as a wide receiver, then I'm going to go ahead and agree with the coaches because they know better than me. They're around these guys all the time and whatnot. So I'll say Juice Vereen is my, my starter. And um, our transfer, the young man from Ontario, Dante Daniels, is my backup slash situational blocking type of type. You will probably hear Justin Jolie's name several times. And something that makes him a dynamite prospect for NC State is you can fit him in so many different slots. However, I also do not have Jolie listed as tight end here. My starter, actually, I'm going the inverse. I'm going to put Dante Daniels out there because he is 6'6". And when you have a body that large, in addition to your offensive lineman, you can get a lot of things done on the ground, hopefully, if he's able to block at a high level. So my guy in the two deep, I have Juice Farine. Still think the world of Juice. His potential is still sky high here at NC State. And hopefully you get to see him unlock that in 2024. But that's what I have as far as tight end. Moving forward to the X wide receiver slot. Kenton, what do you have here? You know, these wide receiver slots, particularly outsides. They're so interesting because they can go so many different ways, right? Yeah. And and you think of your ex as your guy. Like this is the the guy. He's he's the one that you find different ways to give him the ball and and all that good stuff. And so this one was the easiest receiver slot to me as far as the starter goes because this one got to be Noah Rogers. Got to be Noah Rogers. That's that's the guy that I'm like, hey if there is the ball needs to be in anybody's hands, you know, hey, let Noah build the arc and they will come two by two, touchdown by touchdown. I want to see 
Noah Rogers at that position. And the backup I want to see for him, I know some people are going to hate me for this. I know some people are going to say he ain't played a down football yet. Give me Anderson in that slot. Give me Anderson okay. in that slot. I, I think that he's – I think he's another one of those guys. I think the only thing that you may have to de- may have to develop with Anderson is a little bit of after the catch make you miss and whatnot. But I think as t- in terms of high point the ball and saying like, hey, we're in the red zone, we need one, that's a guy, I think we, we go there with it. I also have Noah Rogers as a starter at this position. I think, like you mentioned, this is about as clear cut as it gets. You bring Noah Rogers here from Ohio State and you expect him to be an instant impact type of guy. I think he absolutely can be in 2024. And the next, I guess the or spot here is where I struggled. You could go Terrell Anderson. You could go Jakari Collins. You might have to have two ors because I think it's going to be a toss up. But something that is so fun about this team is the depth we now have at wide receiver. It's going to be a whole lot of fun to see what we look like in the spring game with all of this talent now all of a sudden after the wide receiver room was barren in 2023. It was KC and then it was basically everyone else. We we all know this. Yeah. So to have the depth we now have at the wide receiver position, there's so many possibilities. So I'm going Rodgers starting at the X, and I'll go the opposite because you said Anderson. I'm going to put Jakari Collins behind him in that slot. Now for the Z wide receiver, what do you have here? See, and this is the interesting thing, that the difference between me and you. I've got Collins as my starter at the Z. I okay. think that he's a guy. I think that he's a guy that, that you know, another outside wide receiver, big body, goes up in high points. That I'd like to see more consistency than I saw from him, but his highs were really high. His highs were phenomenal. If we get more consistency out of Dakari, he'll be just fine. This offense will be just fine. And to back him up, I've got an or here. I've got an or. And the reason I have an or is because I think a lot more highly of this young man than some others do. Julian Gray or Keenan Jackson. Now, Hmm. here's the thing. I think extremely highly about both of them. I think Julian Gray needs to be on the field somewhere. I want Julian Gray on the field somewhere, inside, outside. I want him on the field. With guys like him, you need him on the field because th- that electricity and that, I don't know if dynam- dynamicism is a word, but that dynamic ability is to not add that into your offense. I don't care what offense in the nation you're talking about. You can use a guy like him, but Keenan Jackson, when I watch him, I don't know if he has one of the greatest receiver coaches in high school or if he just knows the game that well, he plays the game such an experienced manner. So that those are the two that I would say as, as the backup there. Dynamicism is not a word, but I think we're going to run with that. We might have to tweet that if a wide receiver makes a spectacular play this year. Every time Julian Gray makes a play this year, dynamicism, dynamicism at its finest. Only on Locked on Wolf. <laughs> so because I used Takari Collins, the or spot for my ex, I slotted him down to be the starter for the Z. Now, this is another one where there's so many possibilities. I have Collins as the starter for the Z. I then have Wesley Grimes as the mm. or for the Z. And then I think if you want to go double or here, you could see a guy like Justin Jolie because yeah. he, he seems to be very dynamic in what he can do on the field. So he's a matchup nightmare. And I fully yeah. expect Robert and I to take advantage of that. So Collins and then Grimes 
at the Z spot. Now, this one's probably a dead giveaway. Inside wide receiver, who do you have here? Well, this is so tough. I just – I don't know who I would – obviously, it's KC, but this is another one of those oars. And I, I want to say the or for this one, uh, not for him, for the backup. The or being Grimes or uh, Julian Gray again. Because, again, I people know how I feel about Julian Gray. Get him on the field. Get him touching the ball some way. So if you are a serious offensive coordinator, you find a way. Uh, and Grimes, because I think he he doesn't play – with the the long stridingness of a 6'2 guy. He has the ability to change directions much more quickly than you normally think of for a guy that's that's this height. Go ahead and throw an or for Joe Lee in there as well, because I don't want to leave Joe Lee out of this thing. I think he could be very special here as well. So I think that those are the, uh, the, the situations that I look at and I say, that makes sense to me for that slot receiver. Inside wide receiver for me, I have Kevin Concepcion for obvious reasons, but behind him, I have Jonathan Paler, and I think Jonathan Paler is a guy, another one that could come in and make an instant impact as just a freshman. He's such a dynamite athlete that he's another one where you feel like you got to find ways to get him on the field, and I think this is probably the most ideal spot uh, for him behind KC. You know, it's, it's really hurting me that I like I keep putting myself in these bars because these guys are such like dynamic playmakers. It's like there's so many options. You have to put them somewhere. And it's yes. and, and I agree. I agree that Paler definitely needs to go in that rotation. And I, I feel like an idiot for even missing them there. But there's a reason for that that I didn't really miss them. Go ahead, Grayson. Yeah, I mean, there's just so many names to now keep track of, and you feel like all of them could see significant time. It's a great mm-hmm. problem to have. One that yeah. we haven't really ever experienced here at NC State. So running For back sure. now, what you got? So here's why I said I didn't miss him, but I know some people are going to feel like I did because I, at this running back spot, I want Waters and then I want Rath or Paler. I want either one of those two as a second back or Smothers. Y'all know me. If you can't find a place to put them on the perimeter, <laughs> Boy, do I have a solution for you on how to get a guy the ball. And we're not averse to using a receiver at uh, tailback, which is is something we saw at KC a lot last year. Similar to wide receiver, we're now stunningly deep at the running back position as well. I have Jordan Waters as the starter. I think that is another one about as clear cut as it can get. He's got to be your bell cow. He is your most talented, your most experienced running back. He's going to be the guy. Now, your oars here, I have Smothers and then Raphael. Of course, they're interchangeable, and we don't know enough yet to really, uh, you know, slate them in over one or the other. But you have newcomers like Duke Scott, Isaiah Jones, maybe some Julian Gray, like Kenton has mentioned before, finding some auxiliary use for him. So much talent to work through here. It's incredible. But I think the running back room is in good hands here. I think you could see a healthy amount of carries for both Smothers and Raphael this year as you're trying to figure out maybe the possibilities feel seemingly endless. And so can't really go wrong there. Then last one here, Flex Y. What do you have for Flex Y? Yeah, so, I mean, the the Flex Y, I I equate that a lot to that tight end and and slot position a little bit. But this is where I want to see Paler. This is where – and I know some people are going to look at me crazy and say – Really, him as your starter? Yes, him or Joe Lee, depending on what you want to do. One of those two needs to be your starter in that spot. 
right? If you want to go with a, a, you know, a bigger set where you could potentially motion a guy in and, and have him do some blocking, go Joe Lee. If you want to be in a more dynamic, explosive set where you're like, hey, we're going to stretch this defense out and make them cover every blade of grass on the field, you go with Paler. But either way you cut or slice it, I don't think you can go wrong with either one of those guys as the starter and the backup again. You mentioned a bigger set. That's actually what I went with here. I have Juice Farine starting at the flex Y, and then I have Justin Jolie behind him. As I mentioned already, you can put Jolie virtually anywhere, and I can't wait to see what Robert and I does with that type of talent. But I I would love nothing more than to see a breakout year for Juice Farine, to really yeah, see what same. he can do for this football program. Because, again, I think the sky's the limit for a kid like that. So There's a certain guarantee that I have to make that I won't make out loud, but I will make it out loud. There are two things that NC State needs to do next year to land one of the biggest prospects that we have ever landed in this program's history. <laughs> one of our tight ends, one of our tight ends needs to go for about 700, 800 yards plus, and we need to win an ACC championship. And I am telling you, there will be a very, very large human being that can run very fast and jump very high on in the red and white. I am willing to bet dollars to your donuts if we get those two things accomplished. One of our tight ends shows up big time and we win an ACC championship or even go. We'll be in a really good position for a player who may be an impact player of the future here. Proceed, Grayson. Kenton's trying to reel in a big fish. He's going deep sea fishing for the uh, the Harrison species, I believe. <laughs> Absolutely. So those are our dream skill player rotations here for 2024. Drop your set down in the comments. Let us know what you think about the early possibilities. Of course, we're just now sitting here on January 23rd. We're going to discuss this a billion more times before the end yeah. of August. But up next, we're going to talk about a whole lot of nothing or a whole lot of something. After a quick word from our sponsors. Our sponsor of the day is FanDuel. We're now looking forward to the NFC and AFC championship games coming up this weekend. And we still have a whole nother wild slate of college basketball in front of us throughout the rest of this week. So there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers can get $150 back in bonus bets guaranteed. When you place just a $5 bet. That's right. I'm not lying. No cap. That's 150 bucks in bonus bets, win or lose. The app is super easy to use, and there are so many different ways to win, including live same-game parlays, finding bets within the new Explore tab, and making a parlay in the Parlay Hub, which is, might I recommend, the best way to find the most popular parlays. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. Middle portion of our Tuesday show. It's now time for a whole lot of nothing or a whole lot of something. Our first one here, NC State basketball through seven ACC games thus far is shooting the three ball at just 30%. Whole lot of nothing, whole lot of something. Whole lot of something. I'm hesitant to call a shooting slump something but a shooting slump lasts generally two, three, four games for a team. For one player, excuse me, it can last a little longer. We're looking at a prolonged stretch here. This, that's what? Right. About half of our conference games down, a, a little less than half, and we're shooting 30%. Somebody please hit a three. 
please, hold out of something. Because if we continue to shoot like this, not only will we lose more games than we should win, our numbers and metrics and all that are not going to be anywhere near tournament worthy uh, because of this poor three-point shooting. I wanted to go a whole lot of nothing because somehow we've still managed to <laughs> rattle off some wins. But like you mentioned, Kenton, you reach a point where it starts to become who you are as a basketball team. And you can even see it out there on the court. And I think the other night against Virginia Tech, some of our shooters have started to get a little bit timid. And I, not to call them out, but I look at Casey Morsell specifically, passed up several open looks that in the past you would have seen him fire away time and time again. So I think they've almost gotten in their own heads a little bit because they've struggled so much from deep. When you're reaching halfway through the ACC schedule and you're just bombing it from the perimeter, something's got to give here. So for right now, it's certainly a whole lot of something. I think this team is playing too tight at times, and I get the passion. I get the intensity. I get the energy. Loosen up. This is the game that you've been playing since you were a little, little child. Have fun with it and, and knock down some of those shots. Second one here, and I'm not trying to blow up a spot. DJ Burns is averaging just 11 points thus far in ACC play. A whole lot of nothing or a whole lot of something? A whole lot of nothing. I think that this is a product of so many other players on the team scoring efficiently. I think this is also a product of the fact that uh, when DJ Burns touches the ball in the paint, teams basically have to make a decision. What are we most equipped to handle from NC State? Do we? Which one do you think teams are more likely to have? A big who has the footwork to match a DJ Burns or a guard that can stay in front of a Jaden Taylor, that can stay in front of a DJ Horn, that can stay in front of a Casey Morsell or whatever the case may be. Which one do you think teams have more readily available? The latter, not the former. So what are they? where are they going to help out at most? Where the former is? Every time he touches the ball, teams are going to hard double because they've seen. Against Notre Dame, they, he showed you. If you don't send a double, he will punish you. And so teams are now doubling hard and getting the ball out of his hands. I'd like to see him establish a little bit better position maybe to help him kind of, you know, it's it's much tougher when you're backing down from the three-point line or, or you know, darn near, you know, out three, four feet outside the elbow. But I think that uh, if him getting in better position helps, but it won't stop teams from sending hard doubles when he touches it in the paint. So I think a whole lot of nothing. I think it's a little bit of something in a sense that the scouting report is out on DJ Burns. His first year in ACC play last year, I think maybe he surprised some folks with his athleticism that you might not you might not picture a guy like him having, and then he'll drop 30 on you, and you're like, what? where in the world did that just come from? But yeah. they know now what he is, and I think you've seen a more conscious effort to you know, effectively defend him uh, this season, and I think at some point it's maybe gotten to him a little bit. Sometimes it's just making a bucket and he struggled with that a little bit. You just got to keep him, keep him going. Eventually he's going to hit a stride here. I don't read so much into it. I think you just got to keep, keep finding ways to get the ball in his hands because more often than not, that's when good things happen for this basketball team. Last one here in a stat graphic put out by college basketball analytics. This is a page on Twitter. They laid out the top three-man lineup combinations in the ACC based on offensive and defensive ratings. All four times that NC State showed up, Michael O'Connell was listed in the three-man rotation. Whole lot of nothing, whole lot of something. Whole lot of something. MOC needs to be our starting point guard. Point blank period. Point blank period. I don't – I get it. 
I understand that you risk losing something in terms of he's not the the offensive guy. He's not the offensive threat that Horn is. He's not the defender that Taylor is. But I'm going to tell you something. Sometimes the nerds are right. Sometimes the nerds know something. And if the nerds are saying every time he's on the court, something good is happening for your team or your team is playing at a higher clip than they are without him, analytics aren't always right. The pencil pushers, the pocket protector wearers, they're not always right. They're not always wrong either. I'm just saying, I maybe you kind of feel it out. Maybe you you work out some type of lineup where you put uh, O'Connell at the one, Horn at the two, Taylor at the three. Figure out something to get O'Connell on the court. It's definitely a whole lot of something. And like you mentioned, sometimes the numbers really tell you all that you really need to be paying attention to. And I, I tweeted out that the Spark Notes version of all the numbers you're seeing listed there is that good things happen for NC State basketball when Michael O'Connell is on the court. And there is a little bit of give and take because, yes, if you do have O'Connell out there, maybe you don't have Horn out there. Maybe you don't have Marcel out there. Maybe you don't have uh, Jaden Taylor out there. Marcel and Taylor, obviously, are the two of your better defenders on the team. So if you're losing one of those, your defense is not as good as it is uh, otherwise. If you have Horn off the court, he's been one of your more consistent offensive players. So it's it's a lot of tinkering still going on. And that's a little frustrating being as we're getting into late January here and we're still trying to figure out lineups with all the depth that we have here. But something I do know is that Michael O'Connell changes the way that this team functions on both ends. You see the hustle yeah. plays from him on defense, not as gifted as a defender as a Jaden Taylor, but he, the hustle plays are always there for Michael O'Connell. He does the little yeah. things right. He makes... He makes the extra pass. He can see the court as more of a floor general. And I'm not just trying to hit off all the all the gym rat adjectives for a white point guard, but you understand what I'm saying here. He, yeah, he plays was, smart, yeah. cognitive, winning basketball, and that shows up even so in the numbers. So, And I'll, I'll tell you this. When Jaden Taylor got in foul trouble um, against Virginia Tech, I would have liked to see O'Connell come in then because he's not as plus of a defender as Jaden Taylor is full force, but when he's reduced to like, hey, I can't reach, I can't, you know, do anything to get myself in foul trouble, you can't tell me he's a better defender than O'Connell. And it's the same thing offensively in terms of Horn. When Horn is having one of those nights where he can shoot you in the game, he can also shoot you out. And when he's shooting you out, hey, I got just the thing for that. You know, it's, it's, it's just that simple. If one of those two is having a bad night, he should definitely be a guy that you lean on and go to more. Because, again, we've talked about he's not as plus of a, def- a defender as Taylor. He's not as plus of a offensive weapon as Horn. But he brings you enough of both that if one of them is struggling, you're doing better to have him on the court than not. Coming up next, we're discussing the first of a couple football scheduling announcements to come out this week after a quick word from our sponsors. Last couple minutes of our Tuesday show, a little bit of NC State football scheduling news. It's not big news, but it's also not insignificant. The season opener for NC State football in 2024 will be on Thursday, August 29th. We welcome the Western Carolina Catamounts into Raleigh. Let me tell you why I think this is significant. One, 
It's a night game. That's great for the fans. We all love our night games. The Carter will probably be insane because of the hype building up for this 2024 season. But also, and I've seen a lot of people already comment on this, it gives you two extra days to start game prepping for Tennessee in week two. Tennessee actually has to play on that Saturday. So not only do we get two bonus days, but the entire team and coaching staff can actually watch Tennessee play their first game against Chattanooga. Now, Kenton, you might have to answer this for me. I don't know if there's rules against gathering the entire team on a Saturday to watch, you know, I guess live film, but that's what I'd be doing if I were Dave Dorn. You want to be different this year? We're going to watch this Tennessee game as an entire team, and we're going to figure out how to beat these guys in one week's time. That is a perfect opportunity to get the jump on your opponent. Now, is Tennessee going to show everything they got against Chattanooga? Of Certainly not. not. But and if they have to, then you need to be less worried than you are. No, then, then we better be tuned in. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. Any edge you can find against a prominent SEC team like Tennessee, do whatever it takes to give yourself a leg up because that is one of the bigger games on the entire schedule. We've We've talked a little bit about the schedule in that the way it shapes out in NC State's favor – Tennessee is one of maybe two or three that's circled several times in red Sharpie. Have to be on our P's and Q's for that one. Yes, I absolutely agree. And the other thing, what's a catamount to a wolf, ladies and gentlemen? This needs, this needs to be a, a quick and easy wham, bam, thank you, and move on. Um, but more importantly than that, this – this game being on a Thursday instead of that Saturday means you're going to be one of the only teams in the nation playing that day. Yeah, It's a great time to put on the display to the rest of America saying like, hey, we're here. We're announcing ourselves. We're and I know it's not a big name team that you're playing against in West Carolina. Still, putting the beats on them is putting the beats on them. Okay? Because we've seen other teams, not going to say any names, Georgia Tech, play this uh, Catamount team real close last year. We saw it happen. We saw a game where it was like, one or two plays goes another way, and the Catamounts win that game. So, But also, like you talked about, that Tennessee team is going to be a new-look Tennessee team in a lot of ways. So you're going to be asking yourself, okay, with all the pieces they're replacing, what do they look like now? That's going to be a big question here. And so even if they're not showing their you know, playbook in, in depth, you'll at least get to see, okay, these are the starters, these are the guys that they're wanting to trot out there and all that good stuff. That'll do it for us here on Tuesday. As always, thank you all so much for joining us. Hit that like button. As I mentioned earlier, drop your dream skill player rotations in the comments for 2024. Let us know how you would like to see it shape out. Let us know what you think about some of the struggles so far for NC State basketball, maybe the season outlook the rest of the way, and let us know what you think about the schedule release of NC State's season opener moving up two days. As always, hit that subscribe button if you have not already or tell a friend to tell a friend to hit that subscribe button as well. We will see you all tomorrow. Until then, go back. Go back.